What's up, everybody? Welcome into the newest podcast here on the Believe Network. This is the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. I am your host, Adam Sager. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam G. Sager. You can also hear me on the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. Uh, This is going to be a podcast, obviously, by the name, All Big Ten. All Big Ten. We're going to be talking all Big Ten football this this season. We're going to be talking all Big Ten basketball as that gets going. We'll be talking a lot of recruiting. We'll be talking maybe even a little of the other sports. I mean, probably more just baseball. Uh, you know, we'll, when Women's March Madness comes around, we'll let you know who's in and who's out and and who's playing well. Uh, probably won't get too in-depth because, quite frankly, I don't watch a lot of women's basketball. But I do watch a lot of college football. I watch a lot of college football as we just had the debut weekend of the 2022 college football season and we had some great games we had some games that weren't quite frankly weren't close at all uh but let's start out with the major game from the weekend number two versus number five number two ohio state versus number five notre dame it was a game where a lot of people a lot of analysts a lot of fans a lot of uh just normal people thought that ohio state was going to spank notre dame including me myself. It, it was a 17-point spread. I thought that uh, Notre Dame would not be able to handle Ohio State's athletic ability in the game on offense. And and offensively for Notre Dame, I did not think they'd be able to do much against the Ohio State defense. And quite frankly, the offense for the defense, Notre Dame's offense was not good. Tyler Buckner... Didn't show much as a quarterback, and and that's just something that they're going to have to get better at. Uh, I, I think you know twenty-one to ten was the final. I a lot of people are pointing at the Ohio State offense, and yes, they lost Smith Najigba early in the game. He only had uh, two catches for three yards. He got injured, was out barely played in this game. Emeka Ekbuka, he stepped in big time, nine catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't have the game I thought he would have. Notre Dame's a good football team. Let's not, you know, let's not act like this is some slouch. Notre Dame was a top five team in the rankings for a reason. Did I think they were slightly overrated? Yes. New head coach, you know, Tommy Reese is taking over the offense by himself this year under head coach Marcus Freeman, who, as we all know, is a defensive mind. And I did not think they should have been a top five team. Top 10, probably. We saw their defense was pretty good. But I also think it was the Ohio State offense that was just a little shaky early in the season. They were knocking off some rust. And and I expect C.J. Stroud... Travion Henderson, uh, Smith Najigba will be back. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Igbuka, who we mentioned. All these guys will have an offense that will be one of the best in the country. Hands down, C.J. Stroud will be up for, you know, he will be in the running for the Heisman all season long. Uh, Yeah, he didn't have a monster game, but he still had a very good game, 24 or 34 for 223 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, I thought that 
the big problem for Notre Dame in this game was they couldn't run the ball. 30 carries to just 18 passes. They only ran the ball for 76 yards and scored their, they did score their lone touchdown on the ground, but you know, two and a half yards per carry is not going to suffice in a big game like this. You, you just can't do it if you don't have this big passing attack and they only threw for 177 yards. It's just not a recipe to win a football game on the road in the horseshoe against one of the best teams in the country. So overall, I think Notre Dame's defense is good, but I don't think it was as good as it seems. If, if you catch my drift, I think Ohio state's offense was much better than we saw in that game. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I also, you know, I just, I think we'll see a lot more from this Ohio state football team uh, as this season moves on. Uh, going to the next, uh, the next team I would have in my power rankings, that'd be the Michigan Wolverines. If you know anything about me, if you listen to the Sean Salisbury show, um, over the years, I've been with Sean for a long time. Uh, you'll know that I'm a Michigan fan. So if it seems like I lean a little Michigan, it's cause I do, I don't like Ohio state, but I'll tell you exactly like it is. I think Ohio State's a much better team than they showed Saturday night against Notre Dame. I think if you play this game in two weeks, I think Ohio State wins by three touchdowns, at least. I think this was just a team knocking off some rust. Now, is Ohio State teams of the past? No, I don't think so. We saw it last year against Michigan where they got bullied, and that's something we don't see from Ohio State. I still have serious questions about this Ohio State uh, defense and just physicality overall of the team. A ton of talent on offense. A ton. But we got to see, can they be physical against very physical teams? And and I think some of their problems was Notre Dame being very physical with them. On uh, Notre Dame's defense being physical with the offense. Uh and then Notre Dame lacked physicality on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's where you can beat uh, beat Ohio State, excuse me, because I still have questions about that defense. After what we saw some, from Michigan last year and Hassan Haskins going running wild, I, I think that those same questions still persist when it comes to Ohio State. Uh, as for Michigan, they blew the doors off Colorado State 51-7. to uh, the big thing was, you know, the 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 deal that Jim Harbaugh came up with of Cade McNamara starting game one, J.J. McCarthy starting game two. Cade McNamara looked rough. He had a rough start to the game, uh, missed some easy throws, missed Cornelius Johnson multiple times. And, you know, when you're still competing for a job, even into the season, especially with a guy like J.J. McCarthy, who's electric, it's tough to come out and have have a rough start. He did have an early throw to Roman Wilson, who Roman Wilson took uh, 60-something yards for a touchdown, uh, 61 yards for a touchdown. Get that exact right. Uh, I think that overall, Michigan was just way too physical. The offensive line looked outstanding. 
Um, and, and that's without, that's missing a starter and Ryan Hayes at left tackle. The hope is he will be back. Um, and, and that's with a new guy in Trent Jones at right tackle. I think he struggled a little bit, but the physicality is what shines for this offensive line. And that showed in the run game, 40 carries for 234 yards. It's almost six yards per carry. They had four rushing touchdowns, including one from Blake Corum, one from Donovan Edwards, one from J.J. McCarthy, and one from uh, backup quarterback Alex Orgy. I I think that this team, Jim Harbaugh has this team completely moving in the right direction. They won the Big Ten last year, got to the college football playoff. Yes, Georgia blew the doors off them. Georgia's just that good. Did you see what Georgia just did to Oregon <coughs> uh, in the opener on Saturday? They crushed them, 49-3. to Georgia is, in my opinion, with Alabama in their own tier. I think you have Ohio State, you have Michigan. Uh, kind of questioning who else is in that tier with those two teams. And then you have some other teams. But Michigan's defense was the surprise. The defensive line, ooh, they got their depth. Last year it was Aiden Hutchinson. It was David Ajabo. They had 24 sacks combined between the two of them, and the rest of the team only had nine, I believe it was. In this game, they had seven. And that came from a variety of places, including newcomer Iabi uh, Anoma. He had a sack in his very first snap. He's only been there a couple weeks. So that is a big-time addition for this Michigan Wolverines that I think pays off huge. But it's the depth this season for Michigan on the the defensive line that is going to give so many teams fits. They're going to be throwing multiple guys, not only at defensive end and edge rusher, in the interior. They're led by Mozzie Smith, but you got freshman Kenneth Grant, and, uh, oh, the other big guy, number 55, blanking on his name now. Uh, I'll get it. Mason Graham. He had a half a sack in his first game in college. You've got other guys like Rayshon Benny. You've got, I mean, you've got a big group of guys led by some, some really good talent that is going to make this team very dangerous again. So, again, Michigan is building through the trenches, and that's how you succeed in football, in my opinion. But going back to the big storyline here is J.J. McCarthy came in, and he showed what he can do. He showed the electricity. Three carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. Four passes for 30 yards. He was four for four. I mean, he couldn't have had a better start to his season. And now he gets to play Hawaii, who Vanderbilt traveled all the way to Hawaii, and Vanderbilt blew their doors off something like sixty-three to seven, or sixty-one to ten, or sixty to three, something in that range, over sixty and under ten, ten or under. Now you're playing—that's one of the worst Power Five teams in college football. Now you get one of the best college teams in Power Five football, with Hawaii coming to their house with their young five-star quarterback getting his first career start. He's got to be licking his chops. If he comes out and performs like he did in game one against Colorado State, I don't know how Jim 
looks his team in the eye and says, yes, we're going to go with Cade McNamara. In my opinion, it would be a mistake. I think this is J.J. McCarthy's time. He split time last year. Well, you know, was was a good trooper, stayed, did not transfer like a lot of kids would have. It's his time. And I think, quite frankly, he gives Michigan the best chance to win football games late in the season, including Ohio State, the Big Ten Championship again, and hopefully into the college football playoff, and hopefully they can get a win this time. He gives you everything, including the deep pass. His legs are outstanding. As the three yards, I mean, those were all on RPOs. Him mixing with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards in the backfield is about as dynamic as you'll find in the country, especially to go along with that offensive line. And then their depth at wide receiver and tight end. This is a very good Michigan football team that I think if they put J.J. McCarthy in the driver's seat as the starter, I think they are a very dangerous football team, and that is not just because I'm a Michigan football fan. That is because that is the type of electricity he brings to this offense. Uh, And then, (coughs) excuse me, you go to just a disaster of a game for a Big Ten team. That's Iowa. All we heard all offseason, new offense. This is going to be a different offense. This is going to be a fun offense. This is going to be not the Iowa of old. Well, they were the Iowa of old, everybody. And then some. They beat South Dakota State 7-3 to three on a field goal and two safeties. They should have lost that game. Luckily, that defense stepped up. Defense played well. They ran the ball 36 times for 57 yards. Guys, that's 1.6 yards per carry. If there's one thing Iowa at least has always done is run the football. They didn't do shit on Saturday. It was bad. And Spencer Petrus was equally as bad as the run game. 11 to 25 for 109 yards and a pick. He had a 1.1 ESPN quarterback rating. Let me say that again. 1.1. That is terrible. So there's not much else to say when it comes to Iowa, except that was a disaster. That was a disaster on Saturday. And we need to see if they can write that ship because, I mean, remember what Michigan did to them? Was it 38 to 3 or something along those lines in the Big Ten championship game last year? Yeah, that's that's bad. Uh, looking at the other ranked team, an interesting game on Saturday was Michigan State versus Western Michigan. Michigan State ended up running away 35-13, but that was after two late touchdowns. It was a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Michigan State scored with six, just over six minutes left and just over four minutes left in the game. Back-to-back real quick. And that put the game away. I think Michigan State 
is going to be a very good team this year. They will compete. They'll compete with Michigan. They'll compete with Ohio State. This is going to be a game that, or a, a season that I talked about Michigan being very physical. That's what Michigan State is too. They're a very physical football team. They're a very good football team. Led by Peyton Thorne at quarterback. He's he's a very good player. Did not play as good as I think he could have. Um, he did have four touchdowns, which is great. And they ran the ball well, over six yards a carry. I think <coughs> for some reason this game, they just never kind of got that momentum going. I think you saw how good they were in this game. And I think they have a lot, you know, they'll be a lot better. But Peyton Thorne only, you know, completed 50% of his passes, did have over 200 yards, four touchdowns, as I mentioned, with one pick. But the the six yards per carry is very nice because, like I said, they're very physical up front. They love to pound that football. And that's what they did. Berger had 120 uh, that yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Broussard had over 50 yards on 10 carries. So they've got a couple guys that they trust to carry the football. And then Keon Coleman is a weapon on the outside. Trey Mosley is a weapon on the outside. They have guys that are weapons that I think will keep this team in contention all season long. I expect good things from Michigan State. Can they beat Michigan again like they did last year in what was a crazy game? I was, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know, I was sick last year with COVID and I was very, very ill. And I missed the first six, seven weeks of the, the college football season, however long it was, I'm not even sure. Uh, but I was in the hospital for weeks, months. And one of the first games I vividly remember watching was Michigan, Michigan State. And I was in therapy at the time. Uh, physical therapy, and I did have to go, so I missed some of it. But, you know, just remembering back, it was a crazy game with uh, um, Kenneth Walker going off. I think he had six touchdowns. Michigan could not stop him because of the physicality that Michigan State brought. And remember, Michigan was a very physical football team last year. I think that Michigan State just won that game based off physicality running the football down Michigan's throat. Can they do that again this year? They have the talent in terms of what fits their style. And they have the quarterback Peyton Thorne. I said is, is a very good player. I think they're another dangerous team. I think when you look at Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, those are your three best. I think Wisconsin's in that um, category as well. People keep talking about Minnesota, and we'll get to their game in a second. Uh, I I don't know if I see quite that level with with Minnesota, but I think the four. And you talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. I think those are the four in the Big Ten. And then looking at the Penn State-Purdue game from last Thursday night, this was a game of two teams that seemed pretty similar. Very evenly matched, uh, two veteran quarterbacks in Sean Clifford for Penn State, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue. I know Purdue was hope, is hoping for a big season from Aiden O'Connell. Kind of got off to a start where you were hoping you maybe get a little bit more, 
when, when it comes from O'Connell in the passing game. I know they're, you know, trying to find new weapons and you lose David Bell to the, to the NFL and he was a great receiver, but this is a game you look at as Purdue and you got to feel like you kind of let it get away. Purdue's down 21, 10 at half, you know, they, they give up the big touchdown right before half to make it 21, 10 to, uh, Brenton Strange, the 67-yard the touchdown pass from Sean Clifford with two seconds left. Something that cannot happen, but it did. 21-10 at half, and you're thinking if you're Purdue, like, okay, we definitely should not be down 21-10. This should be a four-point game. We can play with these guys. But what do they do? They come out, boom, nine plays, uh, 75 yards, end it with a two-yard touchdown, 21-17. It's right back to a four-point game. You're still kicking yourself, but you come out and and you push it right down the field for a touchdown. Got to feel good about yourself. Then you get some stops, get the ball back, you score another touchdown. Charlie Jones, seven-yard pass from Aiden O'Connell, his only touchdown in the game. You take the lead going into the fourth quarter. You're thinking to yourself, okay, we got a real shot here. We got a, a three-point lead. We're playing with these guys. This is a game we should win at home. Lambert Smith gets the 30-ish yard touchdown from Sean Clifford with about 10, 11 minutes to go in the game. And it kind of felt like, oh, boy, here we go. Like Now they gave up the lead, and, and it's going to be tough for Purdue to get it back, right? I was thinking it, and, and it kind of felt like that on the broadcast. Like, ooh, that was kind of a killer. It felt like Purdue had all the momentum. And that one touchdown, it was quick. It was only a a minute and 20 uh, second drive. You're thinking Penn State's got all the momentum. Purdue's offense is kind of starting to stumble now. You're, you're not seeing it. They get the ball. Purdue's, uh, Penn State's got the ball. Excuse me. Sean Clifford throws a horrible, horrible pass behind his wide receiver. No chance for the wide receiver to even touch the ball right into Chris Jefferson's hands of Purdue. And he returns to 72 yards for a touchdown. Now you're now it flipped. It completely flipped from, oh, this doesn't feel good for Purdue. Offense kind of stall. You, you just, you know, can you get more points to, we just got our points on defense. Now we're up three. We should win this damn game. And, and, and you know, there's about eight-ish minutes left to go in the game. And they were thinking, our defense needs to shut down Penn State. Well, Penn State gets the ball back with about two and a half minutes to go in the game, maybe a little under, and all it is, one stop, you're at home, opening night, Thursday night, everybody's watching this game. It's on Fox, you know, big time, Big Ten opener in terms of of week one. I know we had Nebraska uh northwestern we'll get into that in just a second you have the lead with about two and a half to go you're on defense they're at their 20 they got to go 80 yards to win the game you know maybe 50 yards to hopefully tie it with a field goal so the worst you're thinking let's okay at worst we give up a field goal no penn state goes Eight plays, 80 yards in a minute 25 
to take the lead on a Kevon Lee 10-yard touchdown pass from Sean Clifford. That's just, you got to have more from your defense. I know it's opening night. I know it was hot. People were gassed. Jefferson was throwing up on the sidelines after he, he ran back that 72-yard touchdown, uh, the interception for a touchdown. I know everybody's gassed, but you got to nut up and get that stop in this position, and, and Purdue just did not do it. So tough loss for Purdue. This is a team, again, that was thinking, you know, we got an outside shot to compete in this Big Ten, but you can't lose games like this at home. It's hard enough to win in the Big Ten. You cannot lose games like this at home to a team that was not 10 times better than you. This was not Ohio State coming in here and sneaking away with a victory. This was Penn State who's on your level this year, in my opinion. I looked at these two teams. I thought they're middle-of-the-road Big Ten teams. I think either team has the talent to jump up and, and snake bite somebody, an Ohio State, a Michigan, a Michigan State, a Wisconsin, an Iowa. But when you look at these two teams, neither one are going to be competing for a Big Ten title, in my opinion. I, I think Penn State has the better chance, obviously, because they won this game. But I think they have the better talent. I think they do have some guys that can step up as the season goes. But I think what we're seeing as far as quarterbacks, I think we've seen what Aiden O'Connell can do. And I think we've seen what Sean Clifford can do. And I don't think that's taking that step to the next level to be a Big Ten title contender. That's just my opinion here on the Big Ten Buzz podcast. Uh, I've just mentioned the Northwestern Nebraska game from a week plus ago, uh, two Saturdays ago. Looking at this, that that was just Scott Frost. What are you doing? What, you're up 11 and you're going to onside kick? I know you're trying for the, the element of surprise and, and hopefully grab it and maybe score another time. Don't give a team a short field, especially a team like Northwestern that has shown year in, year out their their struggle to score, to move the ball consistently. Why would you, like, why? Why would you do that? And then you end up losing 31-28. It, it was just one of those things you're just, like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking Scott Frost, I know you're on. This just screams Scott Frost is in desperation mode. He knows he has struggled at his alma mater. He was supposed to come in and be the guy that takes Nebraska from here and, and vaults them up to here. Instead, he's come in with them here and he's dropped them down to here. People are laughing at them because N Nebraska fans were so, you know, puffing their chest out. Oh, we got our guy. This is our Jim Harbaugh for Michigan. Remember, Michigan was struggling when Jim came in. And yeah, you know, they finally just beat Ohio State for the first time last year under Harbaugh, but they've consistently won 10 games for the most part during his time there. And, and they've had, they've played good football and now they're getting better. That's what's supposed to happen at Nebraska. And it's just not. Bo Pelini put up some good seasons there. It wasn't good enough. So if you're the Nebraska University, if he puts up another three and nine, four and eight season, hell, even five and seven, 
how do you look at your fans who are very faithful and say, yes, this is a guy that is going to continue to lead us. I just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. He, he, he cannot come back if he is a, a four and nine or four and eight, three and nine type coach again, he can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska plays out Northwestern. I think they have a shot to be decent. Um, good win for Pat Fitzgerald coming back, getting the lead and, and not surrendering it. Uh, late in the game, they took the lead with about 11 minutes to go in the game and their defense, you know, I'd talked about, uh, I talked about, uh, Purdue not being able to get that stop. Well, and that was at home. This game remember was in Dublin, Ireland. That's why it was a week earlier. They went over there, played, and Northwestern got the job done. Yes, it was from a dumbass decision by by uh, Scott Frost after scoring two quick touchdowns in the third quarter. You, you're up 28-17, and you're trying to onside cook. Like, come on, man. That's just stupidity. Just stupidity from the Nebraska Cornhuskers coach and you know, I, I said, I think he's desperate and, and that's what a desperate coach does. You can feel desperation in week one or week zero as they were calling it. But normally when you're desperate, good things aren't going to happen. And they did not happen to Scott Frost. And it's going to be uh, a long season there in Lincoln for the, for the Cornhuskers. And then jumping to the Wisconsin game, uh, they're a very talented team, 38 nothing. beat up on the Illinois State Redbirds. My wife's alma mater. She was devastated. No, not really. She doesn't watch uh, college football or sports at all. Uh, but Braylon Allen, this kid is a monster. 14 carries, 148 yards. Yes, that is a first down a carry for Braylon Allen, uh, 10.6 yards per carry, two touchdowns on the day. He is somebody that is going to put up a lot of rushing yards, a lot of rushing touchdowns. He's a guy that uh, we'll see how he fits in the passing game as a, as a back, but they want him to run the ball, and that's what he does. One of the best running backs in the country is Braylon Allen. Graham Mertz had a good game, 14 of 16, 219 yards, one touchdown. Just a very, you know, very solid game against uh, the Illinois State Redbirds uh, and just a blowout. Not much to say about this. Defense uh, looks good. Again, this Wisconsin team is going to be one of the top four teams in the Big Ten. I I talked about it. They're going to be very good. We'll see if they can hold off Minnesota and I don't know, maybe Iowa if, if Iowa figures out an offense, but right now Wisconsin is the best team in the West and should be in Indianapolis uh, for the big 10 championship game. In my opinion, Um, I think when you look right past them, you got Purdue and Penn state uh, talked about them already. I think two good teams, but it's a, Overall, it's a very top-heavy conference, in my opinion, and this is all in my opinion. I have the four, and then I have um, 
Penn State, if if I'm going to put it in tiers, here's how I'm doing it. I got Ohio State and Michigan in one tier. Wisconsin and Michigan State just below them. And then I have Penn State, Purdue, uh, Minnesota. I'm going to put Iowa in there for now. Um, the defense w- is worthy of being in that tier. I think they'll still be a good football team. They'll win a lot of games, but the offense is going to hold them back from competing for anything real, in my opinion. That's how bad it is, and it's only getting worse. They keep losing talent to the NFL, and they're not – they keep talking about changing their philosophy. Remember back a few years ago, this was Jim Harbaugh. They had more talent, so they did more things, but he was stubborn in the fact that he just wanted to run the football – and then play action and more of a pro style. He finally got away from that, went and hired Josh Gaddis, went and hired some new new minds on the offensive side of the football. And now we see them kind of taking off and using a guy like J.J. McCarthy. Yes, I know Iowa does not have J.J. McCarthy, but you find those type of players and you build an offense, a new offense that can compete because right now their offense cannot compete. Uh, so Wisconsin blows the doors off Illinois State. Just run through the rest of the games real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Uh, Indiana beat Illinois. Illinois is now one and one. Indiana's one and zero. Oh. Uh, both teams are going to be bad. I think Brett Bielema's building something um, at Illinois. I don't know how good they'll ever be, but I think he's at least bringing in some talent, keeping some talent in the state, uh, which Lovey and company was not able to do. So I think that Illinois building some Indiana is just not that good of a football team. Um, neither one will be good. Maryland is a sneaky team. Now this is a team I've kind of forgotten about. I think they could be put in that tier with, with uh, Purdue and Penn state, maybe at the bottom of the tier, but uh, to his brother playing quarterback is, is a weapon. Now, he didn't have a great game against Buffalo in terms of passing, 24-34, 290, uh, no touchdowns, one pick, uh, and he didn't run the ball much. But 31-10 over Buffalo. Buffalo's not a a school that's just, you know, one of these crappy, uh, crappy FCS teams or something that some of these teams are playing. Buffalo's a good football team. So that's a good win for Maryland. I think Maryland will. They'll put up a fight against some good football teams this year. They will put up a fight, and I, I think that uh, they're another team that's moving in the right direction, bringing in more weapons, bringing in more talent, more talent, more talent. I think they have a chance to be um, a very solid team this year. Do I think they're competing for a Big Ten title? No. Again, I think there's only four or five teams on that level to compete for a Big Ten title. And I thought this before this weekend. This isn't me just – saying I thought Iowa's offense was going to struggle. I didn't care if they were changing it or not. I thought they were going to struggle, and boy, did they. Um, I think Wisconsin has the bell cow in Braylon, Allen, and then the quarterback in Graham Mertz who can get them to Indy. Now, do I think they're going to beat a Michigan or Ohio State or a Michigan State if they would happen to get there? I don't think so. I think the winner of the Big Ten comes out of the East again. Now the question is, what happens at the end of the year? Do we get, you know, could we see uh, Michigan and Ohio State run the table until they play each other? And then we have an argument for two Big Ten East teams 
in the college football playoff, like we've seen with Georgia and Alabama, both in the SEC making it to the college football playoff. So I, th- I really think it- it's going to be interesting. Uh, Nebraska, they got the win. They, they got the win they needed, 38-17 over North Dakota. I talked about Nebraska a little bit ago after their debacle against Northwestern. Um, I recorded one uh, session earlier um, this weekend, and, and now I'm recording the rest today. And uh, a good win to come back after a bad loss. So Rutgers got a win, 22-21 over Boston College, a nice win for them. But again, they're not going to be, you know, knocking down anyone's doors to to compete for a Big Ten title. Coming up this week, we'll we'll get into the games and start breaking them down later this week. But, you know, I mentioned Michigan plays Hawaii. Ohio State plays Arkansas State. Minnesota plays Western Illinois. Duke Northwestern. I mean, I don't know what that game does for anybody. Uh, Penn State plays Ohio. Wisconsin plays Washington State at Camp Randall. Could be at least somewhat interesting of a game. Uh, Maryland plays Charlotte. Michigan State plays Akron. Illinois plays Virginia. I think that could at least be somewhat interesting. Uh, Virginia is a good football team. I I think uh, Illinois could have some problems there. Uh, Purdue plays Indiana State. Rutgers plays Wagner. Nebraska plays Georgia Southern. Indiana plays Idaho. And then probably the best game. um, Well, I don't even want to call it the best game because I don't know what it will be like. But we have Iowa versus Iowa State. It's always a, it's always a, you know, it's a rivalry game, and it's always a fun game. But if Iowa's offense does not show up, they're going to get the shit beat out of them, and that's something that, you know, if you're Iowa, you you don't want that. You got to come back and show something offensively this week, or, or people are going to really start calling for the coach's head, and, and that's something that. I didn't think we'd say this early, but when you put out the offense, the offense that you put out in game one against South Dakota State, you have to come back in game two and show that you can make an adjustment and put up some points and show that your offense is not as bad as you showed in week one. That's how important this game is. But we'll get into all that as we go. Again, this is the Believe Network. This is the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. I'm Adam Sager. Follow me on Twitter at Adam G. Sager. You can go to the Believe.com. You'll find, just search up Big Ten Buzz. You'll find the podcast. You can like it, get all the episodes there. You can find all these podcasts on iHeart, on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Spotify. Uh, There's all kinds of podcast uh, carriers, I guess you want to call it. Uh, These should be, Believe is on all of them. So make sure you get out there, find the Big Ten Buzz podcast, hit your follow, hit your subscribe button, and follow along this season. It's going to be fun. These will only get better as they come. I'm going to have guests. I'm going to go out. I'm going to reach out, and we'll have some fun names on as we go. So we'll hit on Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, We'll get guests from everywhere. And hopefully some big names come on as well. So that's going to be it for episode one, the debut episode of the Big Ten Buzz podcast. Again, I am Adam Sager. You can follow me on Twitter at 
Adam G. Sager. That's where you will find all these podcasts. And then I will send out a link to show you where you can subscribe and download the podcast. Hopefully twice a week uh, will be the goal for me to do this podcast as we, especially as we get into the big 10 season. I know right now it's a little slow with some, some FCS games. It's the, it's the non-conference schedule, which is never really that good. Um, So we'll have plenty of podcasts to talk college football. And then again, we will talk college hoops as we get there. I love college hoops and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That'll be it. Thanks guys. Believe network. Tune into it. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.